everybody. Hello. I'm so happy you just rolled in to say hello. Normally I have to introduce you. I'm Ashley. And I'm Taylor. And welcome back to today's wonderful... I'm tearing up here. Last episode in our bitty series. And uh, if you've been with us through this whole series, I just want to say thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was probably one of our favorite series to do. Granted, we've only done two. But uh, this one was pretty great. Our other one? That's a great question. (laughs) You know what? It's in the last season. So uh, if you want to check it out, we do have another season. We're currently on season two. But today we are going to be filming the last episode of it. And yes, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be, it is not our job to hold it all together. It's our job to give it to God. If you enjoyed this mini series, share with a friend and get together, hold each other accountable, talk about the podcast and how you are going to not your job it. Yeah. <laughs> also, we wanted to, to let you guys know that in the ending of our last podcast, we gave you guys a code that gets you 10% off your first month of an online counseling. Now, this online counseling is with Christian counselors. They are licensed counselors. It's reputable. Our mom uses it. It's faithful counseling. But if you want to get 10% off your first month, then you just type into Google, getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time. And it's literally all online. Yeah. So you, you, you can call your counselor or you can video chat if you want to see her in person or him in person. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that you don't have to leave your house to get counseling mm-hmm. and let me tell you, counseling changed my life. So yeah, that's it's what worth we always it. Say, uh huh. It's also cheaper than traditional in-person counseling. So if you've been wanting to do counseling, you're a little apprehensive, then feel free to do it online. You can pick your counselor. It's just overall a great experience. So let's just get right into this podcast now. If you are a human being, you may struggle with holding it all together. Okay, this is not a uncommon an uncommon phenomenon okay in our day and age especially with social media it feels like everyone has it together um and it makes sense because nobody wants to go post on social media their broken toenail falling off or maybe their rash on their butt cheek which yes it makes sense people want to put their best foot forward okay i completely get that i get that okay nobody wants to willingly share things that they're struggling with um with other people and especially i i would say especially because of our social media age it just affects it so much yeah it's really hard because i think we go on social media and forget that you need to come into social media with the mindset of people are posting their best photos. There's always another side to somebody's life that we don't see. And when you forget that, when you go on social media, it can be dangerous because you start comparing the worst part of your life to the best part of somebody else's life. And girl, honey, boo boo, mm -mm, that is not the right place to be in. Wow. You just spoke to my soul there. You spoke to my soul. Ashley, that was really good. Like literally, you can take 20 mirror pics and you can pick the best one out of all those of your abs. But in reality, all the others were like, mommy. Okay. <laughs> um, am I right though? And no, then you see right. their best ab photo and you're just like, I need to do more push-ups and sit-ups. 
Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I take about 10,000 and then I pick the half photo and crop it to a certain angle. So (laughs) some of us have to really dig and hunt to find that good angle. You might even have to Photoshop it. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. People, I do not Photoshop my abs. In fact, you will never find an ab picture of me out there. I promise I have not posted one and won't. Um, But you know what? I just want to segue this. With social media, I feel like there has been a little bit of a backlash to that everything is perfect society, and I appreciate that. And I don't know if you guys are going to understand what I'm saying, but I feel like there's been more posts about vulnerable things like people who went through miscarriages, and they're talking about their miscarriage online, or people who have been struggling with weight and they've been trying to diet and do all these things and be perfect for society, but they just end up deciding that they need to take care of their mental health. People, yeah, a lot of people talk about mental health. That's a big one. Um, but sometimes and most times it does feel like the world has it all together and you are alone in that. I would say that also in the Christian community, It's a trend to want to feel like you are holding it all together because people feel embarrassed by their sins and what they're struggling with, especially if it's a hot button topic like secret sins, like people who struggle with pornography, people who are maybe lusting after other people in a marriage, like things that people are scared to say they're struggling with these not totally uncommon sins that a lot of people struggle with, but people want to hold it all together because they're afraid of the judgment and opinions of man. And and you're not just talking about on social media. Right. Because you don't have to share all your sins on social media. I, I don't think you should do that at all. What Taylor's saying is even, like, for example, in a small group or in a church group or with your closer friends are you sharing your broken spots and just you know asking for help and and humbly saying like I don't have it all together Mm -hmm. and you know what there's something to say about I was texting my friend about how I was like why do Christians feel like they need to hold it all together and she was like you know what A lot of times people, Christians, even non-Christians, they don't get into a close enough relationship with somebody to where they would even feel comfortable sharing their garbage with them. And I was like kind of blown away by what she said because in this social media age, so many people connect online that it almost eliminates the need to be with people and have fellowship in person. I mean, heck, throw in a quarantine and you're really not seeing anybody and your friendships and your relationships are going to suffer because of that. But there's also when it's not quarantine and people are still going to church. I mean, I'm going to say for myself, I'm just going to call myself out. When I'm done with the church service, I walk straight through, straight through the lobby and right to my car. I'm not looking for those relationships and I'm not looking for that community. And it causes a disconnect between you and friends and other people that want to uplift you in Christ. And it causes you to feel alone in your struggles and it creates this cycle of you feeling like nobody understands me and I don't want to just share my struggles with anybody. Like you don't just share your struggles with anybody. I'm not asking you to share it on social media. Like Ashley says, like some sins are, 
you need to come to God and, and people can't necessarily help you with it. But can you speak to that? Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. I think that you should share your deep sins with God and the people closest to you. Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. I guess you don't share your sins with people expecting them to fix it. It's a way, like in James, he says, come come together with other people and confess and share your sins. And it's not with the expectation that somebody else is going to fix your sin problem. It's with the expectation of, I'm going to humbly do this so that I can, A, be obedient to God, B, have accountability, and C, have other people praying for me. And so, yeah. Okay, Ashley just um, convicted me. I thought that what I was saying earlier was very confusing and didn't make sense, and I was about to go back and edit it out, and she said, you don't have to have it all together. And you know what? Thank you, Ashley, because as an influencer... You really feel like that. You really feel like you need to hold it all together, especially in this cancel culture, which I don't know who created that, but it cancel gives... Cancel culture. Cancel culture. If somebody messes up on social media, then they're canceled. What? You see that ad, believe me, girl. Girl, if you go on the internet and you see the YouTube communities, it happens. People mess up and in an instant, they're canceled. I think James Charles did something... And he lost millions and millions and millions and millions of followers because of this cancel culture. That's just a side note. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I just want to say that I am not perfect. Taylor's not perfect. And we will make mistakes. And we will say the wrong things sometimes. And we will never, ever live up to anybody's standards. And that is why I make it clear on social media that I am not a perfect person. And I make mistakes. And I need God's help every single day. And... If anyone who watches us on YouTube or or Instagram or this podcast and expects me and Taylor to be perfect and always to say the right thing, that's too high of an expectation. And I'm just being straight up here. Now, me and Taylor do fear the Lord, and we want to represent God as best as we can. So we try our very hardest to live with integrity and to be the best we can be for Jesus. Does that mean we'll always be perfect? We'll never be perfect. Does that mean we're not going to try to represent Jesus the best? We will. We're going to try to represent Jesus the best we absolutely can. And so thank you for your grace. And we've messed up in the past. We will in the future. We thank the Lord for his grace. I, I just wanted to say that disclaimer. 
That disclaimer is important because that's what this is all about. And I fear that some people look up to us and think that we have it all together when we really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one reason why I love our vlog channel on Coffee Girls because I feel like people just see how random and goofy and sporadic we are. Like our life isn't every day wake up at 3 a.m., study the Bible until 9 p.m., serve the poor, um, exercise, go worship God at church, and then come home to bed. I promise you that's not what our life is like. Um, but you know what? Going back to holding it all together, I feel I felt like when I was coming to this podcast, I just wanted to get to the root of it. And I feel like the reason why people hold it all together is because they have fear of man. And because God tells us in the Bible to come to him with all of our burdens. And in fact, it's a command from God to come to him. And he wants to shoulder our burden. So why would we tell ourselves that, no, we have to hold it together? It's because we're scared of the backlash of people. We're scared of their opinions. We're scared of their judgment. And this is, I mean, granted, I can't speak for everybody, but I know that that's true for me and true for a lot of people that judgments of people are scary and fear of man is a real thing. Um, We talked about this in our last podcast, just about the weight of fear of man and how much it can control your life if you aren't rooted deeply in God's word. But it's just a fact. Everybody makes judgments. And Ashley and I talk about this all the time. There's good judgments and there's bad judgments. Judgment doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. If I think someone's pretty, that's a judgment. If I think somebody um, has a really ugly toenail, that's also a judgment. There's good judgments. There's negative judgments. There's hurtful judgments. There's secret judgments. There's 101, you name it, judgments. And we feel anxiety when people make judgments on about us. We feel anxiety when, when people figure out our vulnerabilities and our imperfectness because we get anxiety that we're being looked down upon and that we're different and that we're somehow... I don't know, you just get this defiled feeling like you're broken and which heck we are. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, every human being is broken. We all are broken living in a broken world. And I've just been convicted lately to really want to accept people like Jesus did and just how all his disciples were different people like fishermen, tax collector, um, just all these different, like Mary Magdalene, who used to be a prostitute, followed him. And it's just like crazy how Jesus chose um, people who no one would have expected, like at all. Like he didn't choose 10 or 12 of the top Pharisees or the priests or anything like that. He literally chose the lowly of society And I was convicted because I was like, I just want to love like Jesus did. And that means like any space I enter, I want to find that person who isn't loved. I want to find that person who is judged and really looked down upon. And I want to make them feel beautiful and loved and cherished because that's what Jesus did. Like for me, like he saw me in my brokenness and loved me. And so I'm convicted by Jesus's love and how he could have judged anyone out of his perfection because he was perfect. He could have judged people, but instead he chose to take like take the route of love 
and say, you know what? In your brokenness, I choose you. And I think that's beautiful. And so that is what I'm going to try to start living my life by. I'm just saying, I watched the Chosen series. It's it's an app called The Chosen. And it's also free on YouTube, The Chosen. It's just like a TV series about Jesus's life. It has really, like seeing how Jesus, like literally in the last episode I watched, how he like chose Matthew the tax collector and how he sat with the Pharisee and talked to Nicodemus. And like, I love how they portrayed Jesus because it made like literally the way he looked at people was like, I love you. And how everyone else in that society looked at that person was like, I loathe you. I hate you. You're a tax collector. How could I ever like you? You steal my money. But Jesus saw him and said, there's something special about you and I love you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this goes with the podcast we're talking about right now, but Jesus sees us in our imperfection and he chose us. Mm-hmm. And so what is this podcast about? I forgot. Um, (laughs) the podcast is about it's not our job to hold it all together but it's not our job to hold it all together jesus did that for us yeah and we're gonna see other people who can't hold it all together and we need to love them and we need to love ourselves when we can't hold it all together yeah it goes both ways completely and when you just talk about jesus i mean it's our only job to give it to God. You know what I mean? He held it all together for us, yeah. right? He held it all together. He already did it, but you just see his love through Jesus. The fact that he would send himself down to earth in the lowest form of man and live a life of a servant. Like that's, a, I mean, a God who died for us, a God who sent his son to earth, died the worst death, lived a lowly life. He wants to know your struggles. It's like he did everything for us, so why do we feel like we can't give it to him? I mean, he made us, for goodness sake. If he made us, if, he made us, if he's our maker, what do we have to be afraid of? He already knows everything. It's not like we're keeping a secret. He knows everything. It's just an act of obedience of bringing it to God, a daily surrendering of everything that you're going through. And honestly, it's hard for people to accept Christ's love and... This is a message for me to you right now that, girl, you need to do it, okay? Because it's going to change your life. It's going to give you freedom. It's going to give you so much more worth than than what the world can give you because the world doesn't have unconditional love, okay? There's going to be a standard that the world is going to give you, and you aren't going to measure up to it. You're going to feel like you need to hold it all together. And one day, poop's going to hit the fan, and God's going to be waiting there for you. And Jesus is going to have his arms open, and he's going to say, Listen, I have my arms open to you this whole time. And it's like, why wait for the poop to hit the fan? Don't wait for that moment. Turn to him now. And I was convicted by this, too. I was reading a book by Day Rosé. Rosalie de Rose called, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but Rosalie de Rose, you can look her up. Amazing, phenomenal, amazing book. And she said in her book, why wait for you to hit like the low point of your life to turn to God? Like you could avoid so much hurt, so much pain, so much disaster in your life by turning to God now. And that just hit me because I was like, wow. Like, she is so right. Like, we could turn to God when we hit our lowest moment, but why not now? Mm -hmm. 
And you know what? That's the thing about feeling like you have to hold it all together is you get in this black and white mentality that just becomes completely destructive. Mm -hmm. Black and white, you're either perfect or you failed. And it's this anxiety that you have within yourself because you're not focused on the truth of God. Jesus is giving us grace for our lives. And when we're living in the world and not in God's truth, we put this higher precedent of black and white measuring up anxiety ridden standards that in the end, you're always going to fail. I mean, it's just a fact that we're sinful human beings. We're born out of the womb sinners. And so when Jesus opened your eyes to his truth and his love, we need to take our hands, our tight gripped hands. We need to forcefully unclasp it and put our hands in Jesus' hands because he wants to take our hand and he wants to lead us down paths of righteousness, down streams of peaceful waters, grace, grace, his grace for us. That's his grace, people. Okay. It's a metaphor flowing rivers of grace that never die out and mercy. So don't have a standard for yourself. That's crazy insane that you can never measure up to because that's not Jesus standard for you. He did everything. He died for you. So there she blows with that. Um, but when I was coming with this podcast, I was thinking, I was like, who in the Bible do I feel like is the perfect have it all together person. Now I know you're thinking Sunday school answer, Jesus. Yes, Jesus did live a perfect life, but you know who else is portrayed of being a really awesome person that no one can measure up to and has it all together. (laughs) Proverbs 31 woman. Can I get a round of applause? Now Proverbs 31 woman is a widely, known woman of valor and of dignity and a great inspiration to a lot of Christian women. Now, if you feel like you have to hold it all together, you might actually read her passage and feel discouraged. You might read it and be like, wow, Proverbs 31 woman really saves the day and never does anything wrong. And there's no way that I could do anything that she does to the extent that she does And I wanted Ashley to just read a few of the things that she does so that you can get what I'm trying to say. An excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She, wa- she rises while it is still night, provides food for her husband and portions for her maidens. She, can th- <laughs> she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She justices herself with strength and makes her arm strong. She perceives her merchandise as profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the staff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. I mean, it just keeps on going. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Well, there's just a few to name them. She never, well, if you read it, and you're in this mentality, it feels like she never disappoints her husband. She always knows what to do. 
She's not only an entrepreneur where she buys her own fields and sells her own items. She also wakes up to work while it isn't even sunny out. She is, she laughs at the days to come. It seems like she doesn't have anxiety and her household depends on her. She never disappoints her husband. I mean, X, Y, Z, you name it. Proverbs 31 woman conquers it. And this can be really easy to read this and completely brush it off and say, like, I can never live up to her standards. But I want to share with you guys why that's actually a wrong way to read this passage. I mean, it's good to acknowledge those feelings and why you feel that way when you read this. But I want to just share this passage in a new light for you. And that is that, first of all, it's important to remember that this is Hebrew poetry. And Hebrew poetry has a lot of things in it that are, you you can't read it extremely literally. Like, it just, that, when you read poetry, even in our culture today, it says, I'm so sad, I'm going to jump off a cliff. Does that mean you're actually going to jump off a cliff? No. It's portraying the depth of the heart of the situation. That's what poetry is. Good one. And... That's the context of this verse is that it's Hebrew poetry. And I honestly want to say that I love this passage because women in that culture were never lifted up to this extent. And to have an entire chapter in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when women were not valued, when women were seen as property... To have, this is just extremely countercultural, to have a whole passage on the valor, the dignity, the excellence of a woman. I mean, let's go, people. I'm like, thank you. I want a standard like this for women. I think that people want a, a high standard because it shows, look, this is what a woman can be, and this is what a woman should look like she should be helping her community she should be extending her hand to the poor she should be helping her husband run the household because guess what she is a human being who can do that she's not just a piece of property who can be taken advantage of that's what this passage is saying anyways that's just one side note but i don't see this passage as something i have to live up to because as i'm reading hebrew poetry i need to remember that i need to read this And not nitpick every single verse to say, I have to wake up extremely early. I have to do this. I have to be an entrepreneur. I have to make, sell linen garments for my children. (laughs) I am not going to do that for my children. I'm going to the thrift store, okay, people? Oh, me too. That's not what this verse is saying. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to read the passage. I'm going to take 10 steps back. And I'm going to say, okay, what? large idea is this passage trying to portray Mm -hmm. and the large idea that this passage is trying to portray you can see it come together in let's see verse 30 charm is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised i think what this this passage is saying is that 
Ladies, we are made in the, in the image of God. And that means that we are to fear God and serve him and love him and obey him all the days of our life. And a woman is valued by the Lord. You see it clearly in scripture. And I believe this passage is saying, women, you are valued. You are cherished. You play an amazing role in society. You play an amazing role in raising children and teaching them how to work hard and in teaching them how to follow the Lord. And I think this passage ultimately gives women dignity and shows, look, ladies, you are made and valued and and you are made for a purpose. And so I'm going to read this in the light of not... Oh, are you kidding me? I can never live up to these standards. That's not how I'm going to read this passage. I'm going to read it as, God, thank you so much for showing, literally in your word, in the word of God, for showing us that women do have dignity. And thank you, God, for changing everything for us. Because if, if it weren't for you, I would still be seen as a piece of property right now. I would still not be valued by men. I still would be just living my life with no dignity, with no value, honestly, with no respect that a human being deserves. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I'm reading this passage. I'm just saying I'm passionate about this topic. Yeah. And you know what? When you read it the way that I read it at first, it's like, wow, Proverbs 31 woman really holds it together. I'm jealous. I'm uh, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. I don't like Proverbs 31 woman. Then when you read verse 30, like Ashley said, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You see the switch turnover from holding it together mentality to giving it to God. Because when a person fears the Lord with their whole life and their whole being, that is really ultimately the greatest sign of giving your life to God. Someone who fears the Lord, they're entire life is changed and transformed by knowing God and living their life for him. When you fear the Lord, you want to live in his commands and you, you want to give it to God. That's your delight to give it to God. Yeah. And I love how you said that because it starts with fearing the Lord and then actions follow. And When you, just to make clear what fearing the Lord is, because I think I struggled with this my whole life. I never understood what it meant. It means that you love God so much that you want to respect him by living for him and being obedient to him. Mm -hmm. And it's out of a place of love. And reverence. And reverence. And reverence. And it's like, it's almost like, let's say you have a father who loves you so much and says, sweetheart, I don't want you to to cross the road when cars come. Can you please just play in the yard? And out of respect for my father, I say, yes, dad. Like, I know you love me. I know you don't want me to cross the street because uh, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to fear my dad and respect him, I'm going to play in the yard where he told me to play. Mm -hmm. If I'm not going to fear him and not respect him, I'm going to cross the to the street whenever the heck I want. And guess what happened? I might get hit by a car. I might get injured. X, Y, Z will happen. So that's just an example of what fearing the Lord means. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of where we wanted to wrap up with this because 
this, I, I felt like the Proverbs 31 woman was a relatable passage, seeing it in both sides, seeing it in the fearing the Lord side, but also seeing it in the, I feel like I can never hold up to that expectation side. Um, but remember you guys, it just isn't your job to hold it together. Okay. God wants you to give him all your burdens and all your struggles. He bends down his shoulder so that you can put it on his, okay? You see so many, so, so, so many times in scripture where God commands us to give him his burdens, where he delights in knowing about us and knowing about our struggles. He's our shepherd, okay? When we stray away from him, he comes back for us. When we run away from him and say, God, I don't want you to know what I'm going through. I don't want you to know my struggles. He still comes after us, okay? There's nothing you could do. There's no sin that you could ever have that's so bad that Jesus didn't die for you. Mm-hmm. It's already done. It already happened. We can praise God, say hallelujah, and fear him and give our lives to him in reverence. Amen. I want to say one last thing before we close it out. When you give your burdens to God, that doesn't mean that literally the second after you give your burden, you're going to feel like that burden's off your shoulders. Because a lot of times you come to God in prayer, you tell him what your burden is, and then you walk out of your room or wherever you're praying, and it's still there. And I think that's a normal thing to happen, and I think that that's gonna, it's gonna, we live in a broken world simple world and we're gonna and we have these burdens on us we have to carry our cross for a reason and we need to come back to God continually like when I was in my intentional year of singleness I really liked a guy and it felt like a burden because I liked him so much I wanted to be with him but I knew I needed to give it to God and literally every morning I would wake up and be like I need to give this over to God I need it's not like I just gave it to God one day and walked away freely Mm -hmm. It's a constant turning to God, giving him your burden, constant, constant, constant. Going through an eating disorder, years of constantly putting that burden back to Jesus, constantly giving it over to him and just hoping, Lord, take this burden away. Lord, in your timing, this is the thorn in my flesh. Help me, help me, help me. And I'm just saying that so you guys don't think that I'm going to give my burden to God and everything's going to be perfect. I'm thankful that sometimes God keep keeps that burden there, the thorn in the flesh, so that I'll continually be turning back to him. And what seems to me as I only carried, carried that burden that whole time I was going through that, the Lord was with me. We were carrying that burden together. Mm-hmm. And there is hope that one day there will be no more burdens, and that is in heaven. So just a little side note. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you guys in our next podcast episode. Please share this with a friend if it encouraged you or if you feel like your friend needs to hear it. We don't need to hold it all together, ladies. We hope you were encouraged and we'll see you next week. Bye.